Uh, hello and welcome back to my show. Welcome. Thanks for calling in, Alex Jaffe. Thanks. Long time listener, long time caller. Yeah. You should phrase all of these questions as though you're asking, uh, you're calling into our radio show. Yeah. The Alex Jaffe call in special. Yeah. Uh, should we do the time.is thing? TDI, too Dutch information. You know, for the longest time, whenever somebody said they'd majored in HMI, I thought they were saying who much information. <laughs> like uh, like something an owl would say, who much information. Um, and then I was uh, in a job interview for a user experience designer position, and I the, the interviewer just roasted me about that. That's my complicated joke. You remember my time of uh, not knowing what OMW meant, and I, and I thought it said it was, oh, my word. Oh, my word. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have you seen these uh, these kids these days when they see something they like? Like when a when a shoe company announces they're about to drop a new colorway, uh, when their favorite artist has released a a new single, or might I say a surprise album, uh, as it occasionally happens, when a their favorite TV show is renewed for a second season, do you see kids literally on the internet say looking for games? You ever see that? <laughs> no. It's LFG. Um, I do see that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 they Very say good. for let's freaking go is what it yeah. means. No, I get it. But for me it means looking for games. Mm-hmm. Or looking for group. Looking for group is that for like Facebook hate rallies or like... No, looking for group is is what they did on uh MMOs. Oh, memos. Yeah, memos. Yeah. And it looks like there's too many things that you can say with LFG. We got to design our own. Growing strong and healthy, memo. for games this is episode 245 of insert credit a relentless smorgasbord of video game topics where our panel of experts must address each topic within the array in no less than six minutes each or feel the reproach of a horrible buzzer i'm alex jaffe calling in from hollywood florida hollywood (laughs) hollywood swingers and when i'm in a dungeon and encounter three doors I like to use a random number generator to determine which one I open. Oh, interesting. Oh, huh. Uh, my name is Frank Cifaldi, and uh, first of all, as as uh, Cool World taught us, Holly would if she could. Mm-hmm. Um, and second of all, when I'm in a dungeon and there's three doors, uh, I go with my gut. I, I'd like to think that I have some sense of uh, where this dungeon's going and, and uh, uh, let my gut lead me. I don't think it gets more complicated than that, unfortunately. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. No, that's valid. Oh, hello, I'm Jim Rogers, and when I'm in a dungeon in a video game and I I face three doors, I, uh, I reach for my tailor's tape, you know, Uh, my, my dressmaker's measure, as it were, and I get up. And I made sure to buy one that's big enough for my 77-inch television. (laughs) And I, uh, I go ahead and I, uh, you know, I bought, I bought one at the big boy store, (laughs) big, big boy Al's tailor shop. And I get up and I measure the TV and I find, uh, make sure, you know, see what the symmetry is. And if the symmetry is off, if it's tilted in any way, I know that's the way the designer wants me to go. And I go the exact opposite direction. And this has led me to many good times and many bad games and many bad times and many good games. Thank you very much. I do that when I don't have access to a random number generator. Oh. I'm Brandon Sheffield and um, I just go left. (laughs) 
Left's <laughs> well, good. I just go left. Is it because you're you're right-handed and you just want to uh, act contrary to your nature? No, it's because I feel as though usually left is the way you're not supposed to go first. Because like the right-hand path is sort of what um, has been established as the main way. And then if you go left first, then usually you'll get whatever the treasure is or whatever stuff. It's not always true, but I just do. I just go for it because you know. Then I don't have to really think very hard about it. It's nice. I feel like because we are uh, engineered to read from left to right, maybe games designed in America, you should pick the left door. And games designed in Japan, you should pick the right door. Mm, Maybe that's possible. Maybe that's something. That's something one could think, yes. Mm -hmm. Here's something for sure. Uh, My first question in this episode. Oh, let's hear it. Vice recently published an article about Swedish game publisher Embracer Group attempting to assemble a physical archive of every video game ever made. The piece made it seem like it was something shady, but if I'm not mistaken, it also seemed a little dismissive of the concept of video game preservation as a whole. What's going on here? That's an interesting read on that. Did, did anyone read that article except me and Jaffe? I didn't read it. I, I knew it existed. Wait, is Vice, is that is that the magazine for people who uh, like the television program Miami Vice? That's all I have to say. Uh, Thank it you. is. It is. It yeah, is. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's for really um, big Edward James Olmos fans. <laughs> Thank oh. you. <laughs> L- little behind the scenes here. I-, I told Jaffe, "Hey, set me loose on this on the show because uh, I'll set you loose." I uh, I did not feel I had a safe place to uh, express my real feelings publicly outside of uh, this show. So, the crux of the article, you-, you you all are familiar with the Embracer Group. Yes. Oh yeah. They're buying everybody. Yeah. They're buying everybody. Yeah, they they tried to buy me, and I said, "I don't want that." Is what I said. Wow. So good for you. Yeah. No, they didn't. They haven't tried to buy me yet. Yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, it was a joke. I see. Thank <laughs> you. They should try to buy me. <laughs> Give me some financial security. Get over here, Embracer Group. So they um, they have started what they call a, a video game archive. And what this is essentially meant is that uh, they have allocated some warehouse space and they hired a Swedish YouTuber who's one of those guys who just talks in front of like a wall of old video games, you know? Oh, yeah. To, to build their video game archive. And they have spent $2 million on acquisitions oh, of just purchasing physical video games and putting them on shelves. Shoot. Wow, that's enough for two copies of Super Mario 64. That's right. <laughs> it could have just gotten two of those. And that's the situation, right? And and so it, it, it's kind of coming from Lars, the CEO, being, you know, into video games, into collecting video games. And it's... Gotta love a guy with a plural first name, first of all. Like, you can't, gotta respect yeah, there's that. there's two Lars. Yeah, yeah. Not not, not a single Lar. And <laughs> I, I don't agree with Jaffe's uh, assertion that Patrick Klepek's, uh tone is dismissive of, the t- of, of a video game archive. I think what he's dismissive of is the idea of collecting physical retail video games and putting them on shelves and calling them an archive. That's fair. Um, Yeah, which I also am, um, because from my perspective as someone who runs an historical video game archive, the physical video games are kind of bottom tier in terms of importance. What we know of the uh, habits of video game researchers is that... uh, uh, I mean, Tim is uh, currently playing Newtopia 2 on a mister, right? Tim, do you need access to a physical copy of Newtopia 2 to play Newtopia 2? 
I sure don't. I've played plenty of games on this mister that I have played physical versions of copious numbers of times, and there ain't no goddamn difference. It's perfect. So I, I think that's kind of what Klepek was getting at, and, and also my feeling as well. Um, but in addition to that, I wanted to talk about this here because I just don't feel like like tweeting about this or, or talking in like actual public as opposed to a semi-safe space with cool listeners, right? Like I don't feel like I can truly express myself on this, but you shouldn't trust a company to run an archive and, and, and think of it in the way that you think of an archive that is, uh, you know, a nonprofit or, or is for the public good. This is a private company funded by Saudi dollars, by the way, that is collecting video games. And they, they might have good intentions, but this, uh, you know, what happens, for example, if Embracer is in financial trouble? in a few years and they realize they have $2 million of assets just sitting there, right? What happens if Lars gets bored and doesn't want to do this anymore? Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's something that, you know, ultimately is kind of, kind of harmless. I, I think it's kind of nice actually that there is real money being thrown at a bunch of video games and, and theoretically one could borrow them for like an exhibition or something like that. But it's, it's not what I'd call, a video game archive. It is a private collection at a private company. And uh, I, I take issue with, with uh, how it is being both advertised and perceived. What would you do if you had $2 million for your video game archive? Yeah, $2 million right now, what would you do? Uh, in fact, that is uh, the cost we've put on digitizing just what we have. Oh, hey. That is, that is what I would do. I know that sounds like a lot of money to digitize stuff, but uh, you haven't seen what we have. It's too much. Getting involved in something uh, serious that you're passionate about sure is a great way to uh, to learn how much some stuff costs, isn't it? Yeah, it sure oh, yeah. Is. So that, that estimate is based on it. We averaged that it takes about $50 to preserve an object just on average. And and I think if you compare that to like the Smithsonian, it's probably like 10% of what, you know, another institution might estimate that as like, it costs money. Like, you know, we have to think about rent, we have to think about employees, we have to think about system storage, we, uh, we have to think about physical storage. Um, so yeah, that stuff adds up. But highly recommend that article because it, it almost becomes this weird squabble yeah. between, you know, the, the Embracer Group's archive and the National Video Game Museum in Frisco, Texas, where they also have a goal of collecting every video game. Um, there's some really bizarre, almost xenophobic comments from the National Video Game Museum that uh, what, what they say is that... Uh, because video games were created in the United States, all video game archives should be there in, in their museum. Weird. Yes. And uh, he compares it to, it would be like moving the first McDonald's to Japan. What? Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. I mean, also, who would ha who would have a problem with that? <laughs> like, I don't know. Who cares? In addition to the weirdness, like, who cares? Yeah, I don't think anybody cares. Going back to the squabble thing, both institutions have a goal of, of collecting all video games. So in addition to the NVM saying all video games should be at the NVM, they point out that uh, the Embracer group cannot possibly collect all video games because the NVM has a one-of-a-kind video game. Therefore, you might as well just give them everything for some reason. Well, which which yeah. one of them has the original Space War, though? 
That's the real question. That's the Computer History Museum, which neither of them will ever have because there's only one functioning PDP-1 in existence. So, so I mean, there it is. There that's it is. the first McDonald's. So this goes to the point, and this goes to the further point that collecting every video game is not only an impossible goal, it's a stupid one because you can't do it. And that is not solving a problem that persists now. It is sort of capturing just the past and putting a lid on it. And it's like, okay, now what? Right. Also, after our last uh, conversation last week, it was pointed out in multiple uh, vectors across our forums that uh, Space War is in fact playable on the Mister. There's a there's oh a, good yeah, that's great. There's a PDP one core. That's what I'm doing right now. So I guess the Mister is the first McDonald's. Don't move it to Japan. <laughs> so we talk a lot about the kind of puzzles in video games that annoy us. But what are your favorite kinds of puzzles in video games? Favorite kinds of puzzles? We're talking about, I assume, like minigame puzzles, not like I love Tetris or Puyo Puyo, right? Yeah, like a puzzle in a uh, an action RPG, as it were, or a uh, an, a puzzle you'll encounter in a non-puzzle game. So Tim Tim was just playing Newtopia 2, which uh, I... I like the puzzles in that game because they start out so obvious and they teach you what a puzzle is going to be like. Like there's a, a bunch of rocks and they're in an arrow formation. And uh, if you push the, the the rock at the top of that arrow, then there's like a cave underneath it. And it's like, oh, OK, well, when, when you have when you see a big arrow lying on the ground in a video game, you're like, well, there's probably something here. And uh, and it teaches you very simply that, oh, OK, pushing pushing rocks sometimes is going to get me something. I like puzzles that start out really obvious and then leave you the idea of a larger possibility space. So it's like, well, now I'm just going to keep pushing rocks. Of course, pushing every rock is not very fun, but uh, that game does a pretty good job of being like, OK, there's like 30 rocks here, but that one's out of place. I'm going to push that one. And, and you're usually correct when you do that. So um. I think all of 30 rock was out of place. I couldn't stand uh, <laughs> I couldn't stand how every character did a cartoon voice. I was like, why not just make a cartoon at that point? Thank you. Cartoons rule. Oh, they're more expensive, man. I love cartoons. Also, in case anyone was wondering, uh, I am literally playing Space War right now. And uh, having played the real thing, I can tell you that uh, it's admirable that they, they are attempting the sort of phosphor decay of that, that monitor. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, pretty wild. It's not, it's not correct. It's not quite right. That's not what it looks like. Well, there's, there's a possibility we can actually uh, get into the video processing. We don't need to keep talking about <laughs> how somebody should make a core-specific filter for, for uh, the PDP-1 because they will. If not here, where, Tim? If not here, where? <laughs> I don't know, somewhere else. Good puzzles in video games? Let me yeah. tell you, everybody just needs to check out that Lufia 2, dude. If you want TV. good puzzles in an RPG. That one's got the, uh, that one's got the good puzzles, let me just say. What are they like, Tim? Um, they're just real good. They're just really, really solid meat and potatoes block-pushing puzzles. Uh, you know, uh, like <laughs> activating, uh, activating items and all that. So what I'm getting is the good puzzles are block pushing puzzles. Well, not I would I wouldn't say. No, I actually hate those. <laughs> Mostly, I don't like it. Pushing blocks in a way that's fun—that's what I like. I like certain kinds of Resident Evil-y puzzles, like when you when you can get a Resident Evil puzzle right, and it's and it's like, hmm, I found this unicorn key or whatever. If you can get the pacing of that right, I actually do enjoy 
like finding a key and opening a door that looked interesting to me before. The puzzle itself isn't good, but the experience of going through the space is made better through the the light puzzle existing if that if that makes you, sense. you know i actually i was going to say something similarly like i i i, I was still putting thought into it because it's like i don't know if it's a puzzle but i actually I, th- I think i like that it's not a real puzzle i think that it's 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 a puzzle like thing that that gives you a sense of accomplishment without like interrupting what the core game is and and I think I do appreciate those as as quote unquote puzzles. Yeah, like the so the second of the new Tomb Raiders, they had Tomb Raider, then they had Tomb Raider two other ones. I don't remember what they're called. They had Tomb Raider, which was T W O M B Raider. Tomb Raider, Ride of the Rise of the Tomb Raider, and Shadow of the Tomb Raider. The mnemonic yeah. device is that you don't cast a shadow. The, the, if you're lying on the ground, you don't cast as much of a shadow as, as if you stand as up. If you've so that's, risen, that's how yeah. I had to make myself remember it. Okay, so Rise of the Tomb Raider, the one with the ice. A lot of ice in that one. Ice of the Tomb Raider. Th- there are a lot of like uh, platforming puzzles in that where it's like jump on this thing and then pull this thing down and then put that thing over there. And they're all pretty simple and you can pretty much look at them and figure it out, but you have to physically do it. And they all feel pretty good. It's similar to how, to what Frank was talking about. You know, it's, it's not a really complicated puzzle, but it is something that you have to do. The movement feels good while you're doing it. And you feel a little bit smart for figuring it out. It's just like a little, little, little dopamine spike for you where Unlike the Uncharted games where it's like, okay, I got to rotate this thing all the correct ways so that it lines up in the shadows or whatever. Those are a little like, uh, fine, I I guess I have to do this now. But the Tomb Raider, Rise of Tomb Raider ones are like, I'm, I'm going to shoot this rope and then that thing's going to swing down and hit that other thing. And then uh, mm-hmm. water's going to fill up and then this, this raft will be over there. And it's not, it's not massively complicated, but it feels... You're doing something physically in the space that is a puzzle, and it feels cool, and it in, and you get to traverse more of the area as the puzzle progresses. Uh, I like those. I think those are good. Those are some of my favorites, maybe. I've gone on the record as a, as basically saying my favorite video game of all time that has a bunch of puzzles in it. Uh, it mostly involves puzzles about trying to get your head around where the heck you actually are on the screen at any given time. And I realize those aren't super good, though uh, uh, the example of those Tomb Raiders, those new Tomb Raiders is pretty good because uh, I played a whole lot of uh, all of them, I guess. And that that Shadow of the Tomb Raider, they just keep getting better and better as you play the game. It, it's it's like it goes beyond it, it transcends puzzle design because pu- when we say puzzle design in in game design we're, we're usually talking about like there's something that's a roadblock that just kind of kneecaps the player yeah and it's like oh now you have to solve a puzzle and in uncharted it absolutely is that no offense to uncharted mm-hmm. uh in in the last of us it a hundred percent is that and they own up to it by making it like actually intentionally quiet moments in the game where you're looking for ladders or whatever though in those shadows of the shadow of the tomb raider and in rise of the tomb raider it really really feels like it's level design it it goes beyond it's not a roadblock it's just a level design that's way more clever and that's how you how you do a puzzle but the actual answer is just hitman dude just hitman that's the hitman man i got more to say about tomb raider but let's go it's fine we'll do it another time Koei wants you to launch a new spin-off of their Romance of the Three Kingdoms series to go in a different direction than Dynasty Warriors. What direction do you take it in? 
Clearly, it's a dating simulator. Yeah, it's a dating sim. However, I, I realize because it's romance, mm-hmm. it could be called Romancing the Three Kingdoms. Ooh, right? yeah, baby, yeah, yeah. Right? Here we go. I mean, clear, clearly it's that. However, I hate when a video game company does like a lazy April Fool's, uh, we're making a League of Legends dating sim. It's oh, like, no, 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 don't a real lo- one. Yeah, yeah. Don't lots of people already like really like your characters? Like, they probably would play a dating sim. Uh, League of Legends, etc. Right, so it's like uh, I don't know. I date Shiho Dunn. I was actually going to say the exact same thing, except I was going to say that that it's you literally have to romance the kingdom. So it's it's like yeah, romancing the three kingdoms. It's called yeah. And so like you're 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 a person and you're trying to romance an entire country or a kingdom, I guess. As it as it no, were. I think I think it's you've got your your Cao Cao, you've got your Liu Bei, your Liu you've Liu. got a. Uh, you got your dudes, and you're a girl who is trying to uh, unite the kingdoms, right? Right. And you're trying to do so with, with romance instead of, you know, those tried and tested means employed by those wily men. They could just use their Angelique team. Oh, yeah. What if instead of dating them yourself, you're a matchmaker trying to forge key strategic romances to create an alliance between these kingdoms? Okay. Get, get these three kingdoms some romance. No, I was thinking it would be more along the lines of a like a Tokimeki memorial where you you are forced yeah. to romance all the characters at the same time. Oh, you're romancing the three kingdoms, yes. Yeah, even if there's just one uh, character that you like, you are required in Tokimeki memorial and uh, several other dating sims that are similar to uh, romance a whole bunch of people at the same time uh, or else they get mad at you. And start telling people that you suck or whatever. Very interesting. So you you would have to do that. Except imagine these uh, these uh, famous Chinese historical figures uh, escalating their tensions with one another because you are not discreet enough in your uh, very PG rated romance uh, that you're having. So you don't get the games uh, uh, you know banned in China, right? Uh, where's that Mario sound? Where is it? There it was. There it is. <laughs> what the heck, man? Uh. I went to uh, rhymezone.com. I'm sure we're all familiar with this website and I, I thought sure, mm-hmm. very useful. I thought I would uh, uh, try to try to make a Nobunaga's ambition joke with uh, rhyming uh, ambition and uh, I can't decide on the funniest one because there's a lot. Um, well, let's hear I, think, it. I think you could send uh, a country that needs it to Nobunaga's beautician. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but Nobunaga's beautician very good. Yeah. Uh, you might be entertained by Nobunaga's magician. Nobunaga's sure. magician. Uh-huh. Yeah, you might seek Nobunaga's permission. I may succumb oh, to yeah. Nobunaga's attrition. Uh, that's true. And if your romance goes far enough, you might try Nobunaga's position. Hey. I think uh, the, the BDSM version is Nobunaga's submission. I hate to break it to you, but that's about 1,500 years off. <laughs> Just saying. But it's uh, it's another Koei game, and so there yeah, could be a true. different guy. Could... There could be a different person named Nobunaga yeah. in the fiction. Well, of I mean, this. Nobunaga's ambition only exists because Romance of the Three Kingdoms was so popular. Yeah, so. Frank, it's I think sequel. you've made a faulty Nobunaga supposition. Mm. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I mean, there would ultimately be a sequel. Koei would certainly want another one. Oh, Nobunaga's tactician. Yeah, there nice. you go. Here's our next question. The upcoming remake of The Last of Us has many protesting that the game doesn't need a remake, which raises the question, when does a game need a remake? Uh, I think a game needs a remake when it's not particularly playable on modern platforms and the old version ran at like 
sub 30 frames per second and would benefit from from being faster i think then a remake is warranted or uh if the the principles of that game had stuff that they wished they could have done and didn't get to uh i think then you can have a remake and add things um in this case i think it's pretty pointless but uh whatever they're probably going to make some more money but like do they really want to keep making that game over and over i feel like they could maybe want to make a different one they got to be a little tired of I it. I mean, I've I've I played uh, both of them. I'm pretty sure they're sort of done with it. I don't want to go out on a limb here. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure they're sort of done with it. So the, the remake of The Last of Us interestingly rebrands. Okay, so I don't think of it as a remake. I think this is a an interesting distinction because you know, Frank's got his uh, uh what's a remake versus what's a remaster. So it is a re- it is a remake by Frank's definition. However, the way they're branding it, like the the Last of Us Part Two, is called the Last of Us Part Two, right? It's not called the Last of Us Two or Super the Last of Us or some more <laughs> the Last of Us, right? It's just it's called the Last of Us Part Two. Quite rare in video games for there to be a video game that has a, a Part Two. The sequel is called Part Two. I can't believe this though. I have seen plenty of people saying, "Oh, I'm going to play the Last of Us Part Two instead." People asking me. Should I play The Last of Us 1 before playing The Last of Us 2? And it's like, you would lose your mind completely if you played The Last of Us Part 2 before playing The Last of Us Part 1. It would be a very weird thing to do. So anyway, The the Last of Us remake is called The Last of Us Part 1. They renamed the game. Ah. First of all, it's kind of weird that forever the most prominent uh, version of the game was called The Last of Us Remastered. And... um. The Last of Us Part 2, interestingly, had a patch on PS5 that basically just turned it into a PlayStation 5 game. They didn't call it a remaster. It just is a PlayStation 5 game now, weirdly. And there was no uh, no hullabaloo. So this, this, remaster, this new remake, I think it's actually a replacement. I think it's, it's setting up a, a new industry standard of it is replacing the old game. Does that make sense? It makes sense, but why would they do it? Why would George Lucas do it? Because, okay, so first of all, the original The Last of Us, all of the cutscenes were, uh, they were really, like, they were, like, PlayStation 3, low-quality, compressed, uh, full-motion video. They were not in-engine. So now they've got in-engine cutscenes. Now, The Last of Us Part 1 and The Last of Us Part 2 have 100% perfect graphical parody. So what they're doing is, you know, maybe... Maybe you don't like the game, right? You know, there's people out there who don't like it. But it is kind of interesting to see that they are treating it with this uh, some form of video game preservation in a way. I guess. Uh, albeit it's a slightly weirdly misguided one that I have. Maybe I don't have the most articulate opinions about. Um, but it's like they're being like, okay, this is the real version of The Last of Us Part 1. You can now play it as a direct, perfect lead-in to The Last of Us Part 2. They're now one big thing there's no different platforms or different graphics or anything my weirdness with it is that you got they they are making artistic choices they're changing things but i don't and i could be wrong about this of course i don't sense that there's an artistic vision coming from a place of really wanting to change things for a reason it feels like a oh yeah yeah like let's just update it when they would redraw like pixel games kind of for no reason yeah like yeah yeah and just say like that's the definitive one it is interesting in that regard. I f- I feel like there's less like nostalgia for PlayStation. The weird thing is, so the, the uh, I mean, it can't be overstated how the most widely played version of The Last of Us is a remaster, right? With the word remaster in the title, 
So I guess they're, uh, and it came out like six months after the original game did, right? Like something like that. Or the PlayStation 4 came out like six months after the, the PlayStation 3 version of The Last of Us. Five months after, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's a really weird thing that it's like, this is like the game that kind of kicked off a, the, the trend of, of people on the internet begging for such and such thing to be remastered. And then this is obviously a remaster that nobody, nobody was begging for. And I clearly like Naughty Dog wasn't even doing it themselves. And then it was like handed over to them. I don't know. Remake a game when it's not possible to play it. I, I, I just want to add something very quick, which is that okay. I actually think parody with future uh, installments is a pretty decent reason for a remake if that original sort of flawed and, and, and could have, you know, yeah. could have been something better, right? I, I, I don't know that it's necessary for this game, but it is a good reason in theory. And I, I like and it. I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we just replayed The Last of Us Part 1, or not Part 1, The Last of Us Remastered uh, over here. And I, this is like my first time replaying it after playing The Last of Us Part 2. And man, it is a pretty old looking game, dude. I don't know. It's pretty, I mean, it looks good, but it's it's pretty old looking. So I don't know. The rem- that, that remake does actually look genuinely nice. What do I know? All right. We have a very pressing question coming up. Oh, let's do uh, it. Because they can't be seen on the surface world, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have given you some money to buy them some video games. You have enough for exactly four games. Knowing what you do about them, what game do you get for each of the turtles? Is it is it nineteen ninety uh, four games, as in like two hundred dollars, or is it twenty twenty two four games, as in uh, two hundred and eighty dollars? Uh, it's twenty twenty two four games. Okay, so okay. it's uh, so we got two hundred and eighty dollars, but they are still teenagers. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we shouldn't get anything M rated. Yeah, hmm, that's a good point. I've hung out with those guys in video game form, and let me tell you. They would just go to town on some Fortnite V-Bucks, probably. They would want to play as Boba Fett and the Mandalorian. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they would. Okay, so when the, okay, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are teenagers, right? Right. Like we know that. Like That's actually known about them. How old are they, though? I think they're 15. Nebulously teens. Because I recall going through quite a few phases as a teen. I mean, not really. Well, but, I, mean, uh, I, think, just, I uh, think we're meant to be doing this according to the uh, the ideas of... Does machines leads cool but rude party dude? Right? Exactly. I mean, I think I think that's. We will get to that, but the fir- but first we need to understand the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles themselves and the four components that that title uh, bestows upon them. I mean, I I feel like that's what I was just saying, right? Individually, yes, but they are all also Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and that shouldn't be forgotten. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's not the most important part if we're getting four distinct, one distinct thing for each one, but... Uh, that's okay. true. Uh, but yes, it's a good question whether or not we can get them M games. I'm going to say yes. The fact that they're like sacrificing their lives every night fighting the Foot Clan, I think they have the maturity to handle an M-rated game. All right. Yeah, I think those boys know what's up. Splinter probably doesn't care. Okay, we're not going to go to prison, I guess. It's not, okay. It's not illegal to give a teen an M-rated game. It's. Uh... I think you'd want to get them Left for Dead, dude. Well, okay, so one of them has Left for Dead and, and then everyone's happy. So that gives us three more. Yeah. I think that's Leonardo on that one because uh, he's Left 4 Dead Two. Actually, Left 4 Dead sure, Two sure, should sure. be the, uh, that's the better one. I haven't played whatever the one Back for Blood. Yeah, man, it got a whole lot of like hate on the internet. All right, let's stick with Left 4 Dead Two then. I don't know. I don't have time to research. No, I, no, this. Well, no. Let me let me let me finish my sentence. No, I checked it out. It's pretty good. Okay, so if anybody was on the fence about it, check it out. It's pretty good. 
I like it. I still like okay. the first one better, but the second one is also good. But point is, Leonardo uh, leads, and uh, uh, good leadership needs to learn. on uh, Left for Dead, I think, is uh, a good skill to have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to think about that game that... Um, that got popular where you're built. People are going to be screaming when I don't remember the name of this, but uh, you're building a whole bunch of factories and, and you kind of are rude. Satisfactory? Gold. What was that? It is, is a satisfactory. It's not that one. But um, anyway, okay. it, it, basically any one of those building sims. Incredible machine? It might be that. No, it's something else. Anyway, I think Donatello matter. would. I think he'd dig American Truck Simulator. He he would want one of those builders, I feel. But it like could be. a Kerbal Space Program. Yeah, potentially. It's either that or like like Picross, right? Like mm. it's, it's one of those two for him, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I like Picross. I, I think it's Picross, I'm pretty sure. Donatello does machines, so you could get him something on PC probably. Oh, oh yeah, he's got a sweet yeah. rig. Yeah, he doesn't really need to go into the outside world to connect to Steam, though. All right, cool but rude. Fortnite is probably Michelangelo because he's a party dude and he's wants No, to... I think Michelangelo would want a physical edition of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Yeah. <laughs> he's the yeah. he's the kind of guy who would enjoy that. Oh, like the collector's edition, it comes with like, I don't know, a candle or something. And then you can also add some Fortnite V-Bucks on top of that. So, it's all about the V-Bucks. So they actually do need to go into the outside world to get those because uh uh you know, you got to get them on the card. The little gift card, the point card. Cool but rude. I feel like a uh, some sort of like edgy horror game or something. So like the Friday the Thirteenth game or something for for Raphael, where it's like. Um, I think Raphael would just play. I think he'd play Elden Ring, dude. I think he's probably a dig. He's probably a From Software guy who uh, likes to make fun of people who uh, use the included features that make the game uh, tolerable. Yeah. He's probably running around because I mean, he again. Look at that god darn weapon he chose. Right, it's a very difficult weapon to use. That is definitely a like countering weapon. Yeah, yeah. So, it's yeah. not a. It's it's not a. It's like he had a choice of a big old staff, some nunchaku, and a, a katana. And he's like, I'll take that weird hard one. And he like insists on stabbing the pizza like through the crust. Yeah, and, like rippling and then eating it off of the knife dagger. You've convinced me. Yeah, like he's he's a from software guy and he's played all of them and he just hasn't been able to get out to get Elden Ring yet. Good suggestions, boys. We'll be right back after a quick break. Which from software games would Donatello and Michelangelo play? Oh man, uh, Michelangelo would be all about Bloodborne. Okay. Uh, because because he smokes weed. Yeah, and people who smoke weed love Bloodborne. I don't think Michelangelo would be into any From Software game. He's a party dude. Yeah. Those are not party games. Welcome back to Insert Credit. Uh, It's time for us to go into the dirt bag. Every single week, we take one of the questions submitted to us by the patrons at patreon.com slash insert credit, where for just a few dollars a month, you can get access to that forum, which allows you to submit those questions. A monthly bonus episode, and other exclusive content that you'll only know about if you subscribe. This week's question is from LaFish, who asks, Following hot on the heels of the Sonic and Mario movies, major film studios are looking to capitalize on Japan's final retro console mascot and have secured the rights to create a bonk movie. Nice. What is the plot of the movie? What will it be called? And what will the one-line promotional tagline be? 
Oh, you didn't ask us who plays Bonk. How is that yeah. not part of the question? Because it's clearly Jack Black. Jock Bonk. No, no, it's Channing Tatum. <laughs> Wait, when he eats meat, he turns into Channing Tatum. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> mm, that's good. I watched this bad movie with Channing Tatum in it somewhat recently. Oh, a Channing Tatum movie. Yeah, with him and Sandra Bullock. Oh, don't make fun of Oh, Chan Tate's all right. I don't know. Is he, is he all right? I think I think he is. I don't know. I saw the joke and had to make it. I think he's one of those guys that people like, and he's apparently a nice guy. Is that one of the true things about him? That's what I've gathered, but I don't know. I don't trust anybody whose name is a gerund. Yeah, but I, I really do think, uh, yeah. <laughs> Channing Tatum would be uh, the meat bonk. And you want Jack Black to be regular Bonk? Might as well be. Not really, but sure. Why not? <laughs> did, he, did he play a caveman in some movie no one saw? I think so. I think they're on about the same level. Uh, Make him shave his head for real. Oh, man. And it would have Nicolas Cage would play uh, Air Zonk. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love this. <laughs> I like that we're just casting like old people. <laughs> yeah, well, they're cavemen. Of course they would be old. That's how it would go, dude. It would definitely be old people. They would it's not. It's an 80s property, so. Weird old people would be all of the people in this. It's intended for like an old uh, an old jerk audience. What, what were the. Uh... Yeah, what were the actual questions, Jeff? Yeah. Okay, the questions are what is the plot? Okay. What is the name of the movie? And what is the tagline of the movie? I mean, I think it's just Bonk's Adventure is the name. Yeah. Yeah. We save Bonk's revenge for the sequel. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's the sequel. Bonk the goal too. is to make Bonk's revenge. So, of course, uh, we have to start somewhere else. I feel like it would be a really stupid '90s style, boring tagline like "Bonk's back, baby." Uh, something that's alliterative. Okay, so I honestly think, like, let's be serious here. If there were a Bonk movie, whoever was in charge of making it would uh, know very little about the video game, but would know for some reason too much about the film Encino Man. Mm-hmm. Okay. So half of the movie would be Bonk in the prehistoric times, and then the other half would be he gets frozen and he wakes up in modern times. Sure. So that's got to be in there okay. somewhere. Maybe Jack Black is Bonk and Channing Tatum plays his his descendant. <laughs> his modern descendant. Oh God, his name is his name is Bonklin Rodney. That's his name. There you uh, go. That's that's my dog. My 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 dog's brother's name is Bonklin Rodney Bongabopoulos. That dog sucks. He's a dog I don't like. Bonklin Rodney Bongabopoulos. I think I have a tagline. Can I pitch a tagline? Mm-hmm. Let's hear it. Don't go chomping waterfalls. No, that's. No, uh, no. I mean, it's like it, it doesn't work, but I think it's a good, it's a funny thing to say. It's a funny <laughs> so. thing to say, but it's clearly not a tagline for introducing the concept of bonk to a film-going audience. No, it is not. Fair enough. Well, it is if the poster is him biting a waterfall. The average person going to see the Sonic the Hedgehog movie knew who Sonic the Hedgehog was, right? right. Like we're assuming, right? <laughs> right. Like the tagline could be like, "Now it's a movie." That could have been the tagline. It would have yeah. been the same. Yeah. Yeah. We got Sonic. Sonic the Hedgehog gotta go fast. There's there's like catchphrases that have entered like normal person vernacular yeah. about Sonic the Hedgehog, whereas Bonk remains uh, in the shadows. Here I would we say. go. Since, since people don't know who Bonk is, the, well, the poster will be Jack Black just devouring a leg of meat, uh, sitting next to Channing Tatum, who is like so stressed from uh his oh, ancestor yeah yeah. Yeah. And, yeah and he's got the one he's got the dreamworks eyebrow but in yes. real life and, you know and yeah. the uh and the tagline is nice to meet you uh and it's mm. meet it's spelled m-e-a-t and so it indicates that okay maybe you don't know who bonk is but uh we're introducing this uh international superstar of of uh japanese video games to you 
And uh, but it's also like talking about how Jack Black and Channing Tatum had to meet, even though they're already ancestors and stuff. So that's that's what I think. Okay, kind of get the plot in there, and uh, it's clearly because one is dressed as a caveman with yes, his, yes, uh, and and one is not. Yeah. Okay, we have twenty seconds to determine the plot of this movie. No, we did. We, we did. I just it. told you. I already told you. And then he wakes up, and then the his evil nemesis has also been uh, Airzone, frozen, played by uh, pl- Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas yeah. Cage. No, and then and then he uh, did. I seriously die. I'm playing Bonks revenge right now in case anyone uh didn't know that so it's encino man and then it's uh what's what's that wesley snipes uh stallone movie demolition man demolition man yeah it's it's, it's encino man and demolition man it's both of those men at the same the movie's time. called yeah. bonk demolino man there's a twist where they get frozen again channing tatum and jack black both get frozen and they wake up in the future and uh air zonk is the first and that's person they see oh yeah yeah so, the post post credits is air zonk in the future oh yeah, man and yeah. he says he says wake up samurai we've got a city to burn <laughs> Just like uh, Johnny Silver, he looks exactly like Keanu Reeves, Johnny Silverhand in <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077. Well, that I love. I'm just gonna throw out Bonk, the original boss baby. Oh yeah, right. It's okay for an elevator. Is Bonk really a baby though? He's kind of a baby. Well, I mean, in those times, uh, life expectancy was four years, I think. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bonk's back, baby. Question number seven. Is it always more exciting to play offense than defense? No. No, absolutely not. But a lot of the time it is. Yeah, what just think about that 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 uh the very the most famous esports video clip of all time, which is what's his face uh, doing all those blocks on that Street Fighter. Yeah. That's true. The original Evo moment. It's, it's mm-hmm. da- Daigo blocking uh Justin Wong. There you go. Yeah, that that is all defense that people are going nuts about. It's exciting. Twenty three. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I think that it's it's not always more fun. But it definitely for me is more fun to play offense most of the time. But there's also like a. I mean, uh, ask anybody who plays pro- professional football; they'll tell you uh, the defense is pretty fun. Those guys love slamming dudes. Yeah, people don't chant offense. Offense. There's that RPG called like. Healer only lives twice or, so, or something like that. I forget what it's called, but um, it, it's a game where you are just buffing a hero. You're a, you play as a healer, and there's a hero who just attacks things, and all you can do is give them buffs and uh, heal them and do other things, and, and you gain spells as you level up, and you can get further by optimizing it. And it's pretty fun, and you're basically just playing defense. That sounds good. Yeah, you're just playing defense the whole time. It's nice. So, yeah, not always, but it is quite often fun to play offense. Like, I love that Oscar 120% because of the clashing system. When when two attacks hit each other, they cancel each other out, and so you can just keep pressing, and then you have to learn how to do that intelligently, and offense becomes defensive in a certain way. I mean, when you, when you think of your favorite fencing duels in classic movies, uh, isn't it always the guy who uh, is, is effortlessly... Uh, repelling and parrying his opponent's attacks who looks has the most pleased expression on his face oh yeah he's always yeah. like oh, 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 oh like that right so that's gotta say something yeah i guess it's pretty fun that's like all zoro does right yeah like, it's just zoro's just defense that's that is ironclad proof yeah for the absolute divertisement that one can uh one can derive from yeah. playing defense just toying with your opponent. The Zorro theorem. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We can coin that right here. I like that. All right. Settled. Great. We did it. Excellent. 
Consensus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Tim, can you play the Dragon Quest victory chime here? Oh, hold on. There it is. No, wait, that's the... Le- yeah, that's it. There Terrific. It's the level up sound. Do you have any recurring intrusive video game memories? Hmm. Recurring intrusive video game memories. Uh, this isn't exactly correct, but um, it, it'll get us started. So Tim is playing Bonk right now, and I can I can see it happen. He's playing Bonk's Revenge. Oh. I'm watching him not get any of the secrets. Um, I don't know that he's doing that on purpose. Yeah, I don't like getting the secrets. But um, I, I, it reminded me of another time when I was watching um, those like retro pals, Danny Cowan and and Co. playing this this very same game, and it Dread. and it was driving me nuts that they just weren't getting any any of the secrets or ever going into the, any of the secret zones or doing any of the stuff. And so, uh, in a way, yeah, I missed the secret zone here. That is a uh, a recurring in- intrusive situation because every time i see people not doing all the stuff in bonk i'm like you got it you got it you got to you got to <laughs> bonk go. at the bottom of a sign so that you can get 100 points every time like you gotta, you're just supposed to do it this is just riffing off brandon instead of answering the question but perfect um, i remember when new super mario brothers was coming out and we hadn't really seen the game yet the first gameplay footage uh, on the internet of just someone playing the game just to see what it looks like was from IGN. Oh, yeah. And uh, whoever played it didn't know that uh, one could hold a run button to run. Oh, no. I actually remember this. Oh, yeah, that's so wild. Yeah, so it was footage of Super Mario Brothers, except uh, without running, just walking around very slowly and casually. And uh, That's horrible. It was horrifying, yeah. It, it reminds me also, when Final Fantasy XV got demoed at um, E3, and they just, they just showed like the first that titan boss fight and they showed it live on screen like it was streaming for everybody and you could i, I was physically in a location i think it was at the i don't know it was at the microsoft press conference or something and they had these guys up on stage the director and whomever else and they're playing the game and it just looks like nonsense like the oh yeah the titan scraping the hand across the, the whole screen and they're dodging and you can't see what's going on and everything and and I was like thinking to myself, how embarrassing for them. This looks so weird and bad and you can't tell what's going on. Like they must feel bad ab- about how, how glitched out this is. And then at the end of it, they were like, well, that went better than expected. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's great. That's just it. wild stuff, yeah. Jerry. Yeah. It's the good times. I don't know. That That's making me think of something that I, I, I still think back to and shudder a little bit. And, and we talked about on this very show at the time, which was uh, the Sony press conference thing at E3 that was just weirdly hyper violent. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, the, the you know, they showed The Last of Us and, and, and there's that weird moment where, you know, this, this crowd of uh, journalists, but also, you know, quote unquote, special guests just, you know, internet people that would get excited Start losing their minds lost their minds at you know someone getting shot Joel shotgunning someone right in the face yeah yeah i was... used that clip to open my review of uh of the last of us uh i love that clip it's so funny by the way uh congratulations e3 on surviving they're coming back next year is it e3 it's just it's read pop man it's just uh oh yeah, yeah i'm gonna be there but who knows it's another pass. it's called e3 mm-hmm. it is called e3 i'm gonna I'll be there it. I'm going to be this, it's like sneaking around the dumpster. 
I'm going to be stealing trash at E3. Oh, yeah. Check me out live. I can't wait. Bottom barrel in I'm going to live stream the whole thing. That's not true. I don't want to promise that. I'm going to be there uh, creating edible trash because I feel bad for Tim. That's going to be my Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Uh, Check out Del Taco. (laughs) Just put an entire bean burrito (laughs) fresh in the wrapper in a dumpster. No, they, they they got beyond tacos now, Jerry. Oh, all right. All right. I mean, or a taco with, with meat, with beans instead of meat. I actually kind of prefer that. Yeah, me too. So Brandon's spoken a few times on the show now about The Orville, a series which is generally perceived as a parody of Star Trek. See, I thought it was about popcorn. That's a joke. Thank you. No, that's the Redenbacher. The Orville is generally perceived as a parody of Star Trek when it's actually considered by many fans to be a more faithful Trek-style show okay. than many recent official Trek programs. My question is... What is the Orville of video games? It's a good, good question. question. I just I just need to uh, quickly mention that I have been trying to watch the third season of the Orville, and uh, it does not it does not pass the uh, the Brandon Sheffield. Is this a good Star Trek? Is this a show that I want to watch? Test? What's wrong with it? Um, they decided, I guess, you know, that previously they had a bunch of characters that were likable and stuff, and uh, they're they're they most they only had one character that was kind of a jerk. And I guess they thought that that wasn't enough jerk characters. They add, they added a, a jerk character, um, a very prominent one, and then they decided that instead of all the um, nice utopian uh, let's explore sci-fi type stuff, that instead they would make it kind of depressing and dour, which all the other Star Treks are doing. So they yeah. uh, thought that instead of all the things that made them unique in this climate, they would uh, just do what everybody else is doing and make it worse. So that that was their plan for, that's season, a for season three. And uh, they've at least succeeded in doing that. So clearly that's what they wanted to do. And they mission they accomplished. It. Has it gotten funnier or less funny? Less funny. Hooray. Oh, well, that's good, right? Well, I so mean... a, as I often do, instead of attempting to answer the question, I'm going to just uh, uh, brain dump the direction that I think uh, I would go if I felt like <laughs> thinking more, uh, which is that I, th- I think a good answer here is going to be um, like a classic franchise that its own uh, creators no longer understand the appeal of, and there's been a a similar indie game that that captured what uh, a proper sequel. Could oh be. yeah, I mean like um, uh, Stardew Valley, Bomb Rush, Cyberpunk. Yeah, Stardew Valley. Stardew, Stardew Valley is great is, is very yeah. very clearly the best Harvest Moon. Yep, Stardew Valley. Yeah, that's that's absolutely the answer. I mean, well, the, okay, okay, hold on, hold on. I've played all the Harvest Moons, and uh-huh. I've played Stardew Valley. Yeah. Stardew Valley is way better than all the Harvest Moons. Yes. Is the Orville way better than every Star Trek? Oh. That's mm, the question. No, no but I don't, I don't think we can get to that. Well, maybe we can, but um, I wasn't going for that. Well, that's, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's what I think about Stardew Valley, though. That's true. I like that game. I mean, is there is there like a, a Castlevania? Is there a Contra? Is there a Mega Man? You know what I mean? Like, like mm. is anyone doing these kind of games but better? Mm-hmm. Is that Mighty Number no. Nine? Mighty Number no. Nine is it? Right? That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. And maybe when they get around to Mighty Number no. Ten, they'll uh, finally have figured it out. I mean, did anyone ever say that it came out and was more like a Mighty Number no. Two? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Hey. Oh there yeah. <laughs> oh Frank. You're in the lead. It's the rough stuff. <laughs> there we go. I mean, Stardew Valley is 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 one of the closest ones I can think of, but there's there's definitely got to be some uh, 
some more in there. I feel like there are action games where this is true, and I just can't think of them. I think, I, like, there's not too many games anymore that that are genuinely like someone should make one of those that people would actually buy. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, what other franchises would there even be? You know, I, I just came up with the sort of classic Konami and Capcom ones, but but surely I'm missing something where it's like, yeah, why doesn't someone make? That? Was the Orville made as a as a response to something, or was it just? Uh this was the show they wanted to make. It was just a funny space I show. I think it was really that uh, Seth MacFarlane wanted there to be, I think he wanted there to be a utopian Star Trek. And so he wanted to make that, but he had to put jokes in it because of who he was. And that was how he could get it greenlit. Right. Well, he's the guy who made the movie. He voices the bear in the movie Ted, right? Yeah. That's yes. Right. That's a joke. Pretending I don't know what else he that's, does. That's his main thing. He did a million ways to die in the West. Oh, did they find? Did they explain all one million of them? It's just a list. Yeah, the movie is uh, forty-one hours long. It's uh, it's pretty wild. I feel like it would it would stop being interesting after like the third way to die in the West. You even count Thank to you. a million in forty-one hours. <laughs> How long is it? Try. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google this right now. Well, assume like one per frame presented in sixty frames per second. I think someone could definitely uh, could definitely do a better Pokemon. Um, than Pokemon. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Yeah, seen yeah. It. There no. should be a there should be a better Pokemon. So it takes over eleven days to account to a million. By the way. Okay. Thank you. There you that's go. If you, that's assuming you count one number per second, right? Uh, yeah. Nice. No, yeah. One number per second. Eleven days, thirteen hours, forty six minutes, forty seconds. Oh, I must have fallen asleep forty one hours in. I see. That makes sense. It's not very interesting. Yeah, that's usually about how long I can last. I, w- I would like to know who made a better Pokemon. And also, I, I would like someone to make like a real Animal Crossing, like the first one. I think that would be interesting. That would be nice, yeah. It's time for a lightning round. This week, we're going back to one of my favorite games, Famicom Feud. This is the game where I have a list of things you have to guess all the items on. Each of you gets three strikes to do it. We go in the round of Frank, then Tim, then Brandon. Uh, whoever is the last left standing or gets the last thing on the list wins. This week, we are talking about the hosts of the Spike Video Game Awards. Okay. During its 11-year run from 2003 to 2013, there were seven celebrity hosts of the Spike Video Game Awards. Your mission is to name them all. Oh, God. We will start with Frank. Samuel L. Jackson? Samuel L. Jackson is correct. He hosted four times. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is the only one to have hosted the awards more than once in 2005, 2006, 2007, and 2012. And guess what? That's the only one I know. This should be fun. I I totally don't remember these at all. So Samuel L. Jackson hosted them twice, right? He hosted them four times. Four times? So, So there were seven hosts, so there's three more? No. The show ran for 11 years. There were seven oh. hosts, and 2009, I'll tell you, had no host. Okay. And then, wait, wait isn't Jeff Keighley the, uh, was that his thing? Yeah, it was. I don't know, man. I never watched it. All I knew was Samuel L. Jackson was, like, the face of it. Mm-hmm. I never paid attention to it. And I, I, I wear this like a badge of pride. Well, you could guess. It was only on 
Spike TV, right? It wasn't streamed or anything. I don't think any of us had cable, so and you know we couldn't have watched it even if we wanted to. It's I was kind of I was living in Japan. Uh, it was it was roundly made fun of on all the internet forums that I frequented. It was a you know a badge of pride to not watch it and not care about it. I talk often about being ignorant of uh, certain aspects of modern pop culture, and I feel like the Spike VGAs were not a uh, they they were not a video game thing. They were they were like trying to make video games a mainstream pop culture thing. However. Encouraged by, uh, you know, the spirit of sportsmanship, I will attempt to participate. What years was it? The years were 2003 to 2013. Samuel L. Jackson hosted in 2005, 2006, 2007, and 2012. Okay, so he took a hiatus and came back. I mean, who was famous back then? Good question. Who was famous but desperate? That's a good question. Was there anybody from Saturday Night Live on there? I'll give you a hint. There was one person from Saturday Night Live. Ah! Just do a guess. You got to give us strikes if we take more than like a minute. That's true. Uh, I'm going to give you until I count to 10 in my head. Was it Mike Myers? He was Shrek and then he disappeared. No, Mike Myers nope. was too rich. Okay, well, yeah. Not there Mike you go. Myers. Okay. All right, strike. He was okay. Shrek. He um, was Shrek. So I, I went, I think I attended at least three of these and i i, I legitimately <laughs> oh, don't i legitimately don't remember there being a host anybody listening to this wants to invite brandon to your thing uh go for it he won't remember so it can suck yeah you can, have, you can throw the worst party possible brandon won't remember i won't remember so just invite um, him likes going hates remembering yeah, you have to pay for me to be there, though, because that's what... Like, likes what being invited, uh, hates being there. Yeah, that's right. That's me when it comes to the, the parties. So I, here's what I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess Ryan Reynolds. Ryan oh. Reynolds is not on the list. God darn it. He seems like he would have been in there when he when he was Yeah, that's working, a good so. guess. I would have seen it. Because that yeah. was like his, his, like his like Green Lantern era, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, like 2011 he yeah, did a Green I Lantern. Think, I, th I think it's too early for him. I'm going to go for the uh, proto-Ryan Reynolds, which is Joel McHale. Show me Joel McHale. Joel McHale was the last person to host one. the Spike Video Game Awards in 2013. Proto-Reynolds. That god darn guy. All right, Tim, back to you. Back to me. Uh, should I keep trying to guess the Saturday Night Live guy yeah. <laughs> who was on there? Um, or should I... Uh, I would assume there have been God. no women hosting. Of course, there have been no women. <laughs> okay. so I, I, would, I would assume it's comedians. There are a deal of comedians, yes. But Sam Jackson's not a comedian. Yeah, comedy adjacent. You know, he has, just has to talk in his Pulp Fiction voice and everyone laughs. So Yeah. Kind of a comedian. He could do a, a swear. So wait, who was the last host? Joel McHale was the last host. The last host? Yeah, yes. Joel's are usually the last of us. So. <laughs> yeah, very good. Uh, and did The Last of Us win Game of the Year that year? That's a good question. I mean, I would imagine it would. In 2013. See, I don't even like know what... I don't know who won any of the awards for any of this stuff. Yeah. Well, I have no idea. Guess. Just gotta guess. It's unimportant. Joel McHale, huh? Yeah. I would have never guessed that. <laughs> You could guess something. I only went there because he hosted that Ubisoft thing at E3 a few times. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, demo Bluebisoft. Oh, which yeah. gave me a great idea. I, I know who I'm going to Yeah, you got to think about gettable celebrities. Yeah, I know who I'm going for. Yeah, they got to they gotta be gettable. They got to be gettable. They got to be the kind of person that Spike TV would think gamers would be excited about. I don't even know what Spike TV is, dude. TV for dudes. Yeah. 
like what other I, I don't even know what I don't even know what they it play is like cops they play uh, uh, extreme elimination challenge or ninja warrior or something like that they play stuff uh-huh. like that yeah was it cops marathon that was either them or G4 which is the same channel to me same thing basically yeah every every day they have a four-hour cops block is that what it is? Welcome to Cops Block. <laughs> Sponsored by actual cops. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsored by guns. Right? Uh, yeah. You gotta guess one, Tim. Yeah. We had a we had a minute yet? Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Just Tim, kill you me. Got... Just kill me, Jerry. Just kill me, Jerry. All right. I'm done. Tim gets a strike. I need, for... I, need, I need to know at least like two more of these hosts before I can okay. make anything regarding. I don't well, like making we'll uneducated guesses. I can give you two more hints if you like. I mean, don't give me too many hints. Hints are no good. All right, I'll give you one hint. Uh, two of them are musicians. Uh-oh. Whoa. That's Weird. worse. Yeah. It opens the possibility space much wider. <laughs> what musicians did uh, TV executives think that gamers liked in those years? Is that what we're looking for now? Who are men, don't forget. Male musicians like it by gamers to be presumed don't know. Should I just go? No, I want Tim to make uh, a guess. Ice T was Ice T a host? Th- uh, that's a strike. Strike two for Tim. Brandon, okay. you go. I mean, whatever. Man. Uh, Who cares? Seth Green. Give me. Show me Seth Green. Seth Green. It was not a host. What? Shoot. That, that's I a mean, good like guess. That's like you lose, Jitty. He seems like he would have been in there. Back to Frank. Frank is two for two so far. So did I just win? No matter. Oh wait. No. Yes. No, they still have uh, two more strikes each. Okay. You just need to guess. Wait, they have one more strike each. One more strike. Yeah, yeah, they have one more strike each. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, so, okay. They both have to get this right. In, okay. This next, okay. <laughs> yeah. You guys really have to come from mine. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, uh, the original Bonk the Caveman. I'm going to go with Jack Black. Show me Jack Black. Jack Black was one of the hosts. You're three oh, for three, Frank. <laughs> you know, I was going to guess Jack Black, and then I switched over to Seth Green when, when Frank started talking about Ubisoft. Jack Black hosted in 2008, around the time of Brutal Legend. Why am I good at this? <laughs> You're too plugged in, Jerry. Yeah. You, you've lived in Las Vegas, so you're just too plugged into dude culture. I'm just thinking of stuff I don't like. <laughs> stuff you don't like. <laughs> and that was indeed one of the musicians. Okay, all right. Wait, Jack Black is a musician? That's a joke about Tenacious Jack Black D. Jack Black is the musician? What yeah, he was one like? of the two musicians I uh, hinted at. What, what, okay. That make, that's def- you're trying to make it even more confusing by calling Jack Black a musician. Well, if I didn't call him a musician, that would be misleading. Recording artist, okay? Yes. Is Adam Sandler a musician? <laughs> yes. By that definition, yes. He's released an album. Come on. Tim, it's up to Lord. you. This is your last strike. Lord! I don't know. Um, Saturday Night Live, musicians, male, popular between the... I'll give you another hint. One more hint. I will tell you that uh, one of the remaining hosts was the star of a superhero movie. Lord. Uh, There's a white guy. It's not Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) I think I know who it is. (laughs) Can't be Jason Momoa, Aquaman, uh, because he just doesn't have the host the host style joel McHale was already one of them the star of a superhero movie um i think i got one it can't be anybody from marvel right it can't be that's too much of a hint i'm guessing it's a dc superhero uh it's not john cena he wasn't a star of uh the suicide squad john cena would be a good host 
for the Spike uh, 2023 G- VGAs or whatever. I agree. So somebody m- between Joel McHale and uh, who was the other guy? I don't even remember any of these people. Anymore. Shall I go first, Tim? Do you want to go first? I mean, I'm ready. If it'll give you a little more time. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll transfer my turn. Go. Brandon, what you got? Billy Zane. Show I me Billy, Billy Zane. Zane. No Billy Zane. Brandon God is darn. out. That was, uh, Star of the Phantom. Yeah. I will tell you I played this game with our editor, Esper Quinn, before the show. They got four of them. Wow. That's wow. so weird. No offense. No, no offense. I just, uh, I don't understand any of this stuff. And none of them was Jeff Keighley, because he wasn't the... Yeah, that doesn't count. Was Jeff Keighley involved in these, Jaffe? He was. Was he like a producer guy? Uh, you've gotten enough hints, Frank. He was de- Jeff no, 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 no. That's not. No, I know. I know. I know. Jeff Keighley wasn't a host because I know okay. that uh, it was always a celebrity. Uh, that that much I know. It's part of the reason for the endless derision. I don't know, man. I don't know any of these people. You gotta give me a guess. Wait, did you say Seth Green or did you say Seth the uh, Seth Family Guy, Brandon? I said Seth Green. Oh, okay. Seth McFarlane is Seth Family Guy. I'm gonna say Neil Patrick Harris. NPA. Neil Patrick Harris is correct. He hosted oh. in 2010. Dang, you're so in the game. Because I remember people trying to tell me to watch that How I Met Your Mother show, and I was like, Lord, I hate this show within five minutes. And then someone was like, Oh, I only watch it for Neil Patrick Harris, dude. And I'm like, Uh oh. That's how I came to Joel McHale because uh, I hated Community uh, quite a bit. Oh, um, all right. His character on Community is pretty bad, but Community I'm gonna, has. I'm some... going to go straight to my guest and then we'll go back to Tim for another 10 minutes. Okay. Uh, okay. 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 Let's do it. Let's do it. This is good. Uh, uh, I am going to go. Uh, I'm thinking about them superhero movies. I'm going to go uh, show me Hugh Jackman. Show me Hugh Jackman. No, no not Hugh Jackman. Too big, mate. Frank gets his first too strike. Too big, mate. Tim, back to you. What, seriously? Oh, I thought, I guess the order is not perfectly no, disturbed. No, I'm out now. Oh, you're out? Yeah, Brandon's dead. You got two. This is it. This is for the game. Well, not really, because I'm could. i still in. I only have one strike. Okay, so wait, okay, what what years was, was the show again? The show was from 2003 to 2013. Uh, there was nobody in 2009, so we still have uh, on the board the hosts from 2003 2004 and 2011 somebody from saturday night live um yeah someone from saturday night live is still on the board a musician is still on the board and a superhero is still on the board a, a, a who else is a who's on the board a musician, musician a superhero and a saturday night liveian yes okay so saturday night live 2003 to 2000 whatever um it wouldn't have been a current saturday night live cast member because they're on Saturday Night Live, and I don't know. Uh, it would have been somebody from the 90s, uh, but it wasn't Mike Myers. And it, it's it's definitely not Norm MacDonald, because I would have known if Norm MacDonald had hosted a video game show. Uh, that would have been too cool for gamers. Yeah. David Spade. It's got to be David Correct. Spade. He has a podcast. It's David Spade. Man. It's a pretty good podcast. Wait, what? Is it? Was it him? It was David Spade, yes. That's wild. I was going to say Martin Short, and then I was like, what? Oh. David Spade hosted in 2003. These hints have been working for you. Wow. Yeah, that would have been right around when uh, it would have been like, I remember that guy. Which means there are only two hosts left, the musician and the superhero. Lord. I will let Frank guess without a hint because he... Oh, how many hints strikes. has Tim gotten? I've gotten yeah, zero. Yeah, but you still have two strikes. Yeah, you'd have two strikes. He he got hints with zero strikes. Yeah, All right, you I, want a hint? I didn't get a single hint. Yeah. Give the man a hint. I will give you a hint that uh, it is, in fact, a DC movie. And 
the musician is primarily known for rap music. Uh oh. <gasps> oh man, I remember who this is. God damn it. DC primarily for rap music, meaning he does other types of music as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily. He just does a lot of stuff. Star of a DC superhero. Um, it's not Wonder Woman, you know that. It's one of the best. It's not Henry Cavill because nobody knew who he was. No, it's it's a Batman. It's one of them Batmans. Um, it's not Bale. No, it's I'm not. I'm just gonna Bale. help Frank out now. Yeah, thank uh, you. It's it's it, it can't possibly be Christian Bale. I feel like in that era you might be able to get Keaton. I'm gonna go Michael Keaton. Show me Keaton. It was not Keaton. I'm okay. sorry. I want to let Google a guy because he seems similar to some of the other guys yeah. uh, just to see if he was in stuff during that time because i don't know everything i know him from was was recent you just gotta guess you gotta guess i don't know his name i can name two roles he was uh if you name the correct roles i'll allow it he was a guy he was on marvelous mrs Maisel, and he played shazam in the movie shazam but I don't know if he was in stuff. He seems like he would be a guy who would host an award show that's not super good. Mm -hmm. But also, I say that in a nice way about him. Right. All right. Uh, you're talking about Zachary Levy, star of the NBC series Chuck. Uh, Chuck. That is correct. Chuck was the he host. He was in Chuck. I, I know the show Chuck. I never never watched Chuck. He was a host? Yeah. It, they got they got Chuck. What What year? 2011. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta admit that you just, you gave too many hints. Is the only reason I got that. Uh, and Frank, the, who's the musician? Uh, we got one person left on the board. Frank, this is your chance to do it. Uh, he's a rapper. I believe I recall who this is. No. <sighs> um. I've already got my guess for the rapper. If you'd like me to just lose first, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> that would make me win, but I don't really want to win. Yeah, nobody nobody wants to Who's win. Who's a rapper that would host the Spike Video Game Awards? I know. I mean, who. I don't know that you can make him host things, but in that era, like, Kanye's got to be the guy. So I'm going to go Kanye. Show me Kanye! Not Kanye. Ka Kanye's Sorry. way too famous. Frank, you are out of the game. Tim, congratulations on your come from behind victory. Can you guess the rapper? Was it Snoop Dogg? It's it is Snoop Dogg. Show me Snoop Dogg. Is it? It was Snoop Dogg. Yes. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that was, was, that was the one that I I just suddenly remembered yeah. that he hosted. He hosted it one of the years that I was there. Man, yeah. I I like Snoop Dogg as a musician from a long time ago. The, well, lately, he sure will do god darn anything, man. And you know yes. what? Yeah, if you meet his quote, he'll show up. I gotta, up. you know, I gotta go ahead and say, uh, good on him, right? Uh, it's time for our recommendation segment. Do you have anything you'd like to recommend to our audience? Spike 2011, was it 2011 that Snoop Dogg hosted? When did Snoop Dogg host? 2004. Uh, as, as 2004, so my recommendation for this week is, as a 2004 Spike Video Game Awards host, uh, Snoop Dogg said, smoke weed every day. <laughs> Get ready for the next episode. Yeah, 2004 every, is that uh, is that before his uh, friendship with uh, Martha Stewart? I don't know. Yeah. Martha Stewart went to jail, and then after that, she's all about smoke weed every day. Yeah, a little bit interesting, I would say. Good old Martha. What a name! Can you imagine being named Martha? That rules. My mother's name. Can you imagine being a superhero's mom and being named? Why did you Martha? say that name? Oh, we all made the same joke. <laughs> oh my God, Martha! How did Jeffy? How did uh how did both of those moms end up named Martha? I don't know what to tell you. Martha was just a very common 
yeah old, old lady's name at the time it probably was yeah, that's all is it there is. some some twisted sewer hob gremlin accent uh like uh you know proximal to brooklyn where the name martha is pronounced like mother <laughs> me mother uh, hey, me mother my my mother Hey, that's my Marvel. That's my Marvel. Wouldn't that be the Boston accent? Like you know how we don't really know what what like old British accents sounded like. Yeah. And there's that theater troupe dedicated to recreating original pronunciation Shakespeare. Two houses both alike in dignity. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah. They they do it with the uh, the weird sort of almost kind of northern accent. It's kind of neat. In other words, that's what the language of the 1920s was like in 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 New York. <laughs> Uh, where where the DC Comics artists were uh, were uh, were getting ready? Yeah, Tim recommended smoke weed every day. You got any recommendations, Brandon? I do. Yes. My mom thinks you smoke weed. By the way, Tim. Yeah, uh, some people do think that. That's uh, I don't, unfortunately. Uh, why people keep asking me on private channels if I actually smoke weed? It's like, of course not. I don't know where to find it. I just I have no idea where to find it. You fooled my Martha. Oh. <laughs> how I fooled your mother. Oh, how I met your Martha. <laughs> Frank, you got anything to recommend? I'm just trying to think of what I've done in the last week. You know, uh, my wife's traveling. I love her. I miss her. But uh, being by myself has been really cool. So I recommend be by yourself for a little bit. It's nice. It's good. That sounds like a thing. I like that a lot. Brandon? I was watching the movie City of the Dead from 1960 with uh, Christopher Lee. It's a pretty good movie. Um, it's not great, but it's okay. But uh, what I recommend is watching the the movie for the performance of Venetia Stevenson, who is an actress who probably would not have been considered a good actress at the time, but puts on such a modern performance in that movie, um, likely because she hated acting, didn't want to do it. As soon as she had the opportunity to quit, she did forever. And uh, where a lot of people spend a lot of time trying to act like a person, she didn't know how to not act like a person. And so in this movie where everyone is going like, what low? In yon, whatever, like they're they're speaking in all these stilted ways. She's just like, okay, fine, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's fine. She just talks like a human being. And it's really interesting and jarring to watch in this 1960s movie. To think that uh, this person could definitely have existed right now and got along because she just she looks like a, she acts and moves and speaks like a person um, where where other people in that movie were not. So I think that's an interesting thing to look at. Give it a look. Like when you see a really really old photograph and someone's actually like smiling or posing. Yeah, they're just they 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 look like they're from reality, and you're like, what? Right? People were real then. Uh, so it's it's that it's, Wild it's stuff. not it's not quite that striking, but it is because you know she's she's trying to act, um, but she's she's just being a human being in the in the result, and uh, it's pretty interesting. So give 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 that that's some interesting to look at. at the end. Brendan just reminded me I've been watching uh, John Adams, the HBO miniseries with Paul Giamatti. I like that If you show. haven't seen that, watch that. That's good stuff. It's pretty good. And that's my recommendation this week. This show is edited by Esper Quinn with original music by Kurt Feldman. I'm Alex Jaffe. I wasn't ready for that. I'm Frank Spaldi. I'm Tim Rogers. I'm Brandon Sheffield. And more like Mighty Number no. 2.
Tim, I have a weird recommendation because you're on Atari 7800. Not a great game, but I have played the entire library and there is only one game I found interesting. It is called Super Skateboarding with with an apostrophe and not a G. Oh, I'll make sure to look up the one with an apostrophe. <laughs>